Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. Got a great episode in store for you today, but as always, I'd like to start off by thanking all of the podcast listeners. You guys are amazing, especially my YouTube subscribers, those of you on TikTok, the Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing too. I love you guys to death. You too could support the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. All right, everybody. This is the first podcast post the 2020 election, the presidential election. There was House races and Senate races, of course, too. Some of those still to be decided. Now, I'm there. I think I could have had a better guest for the post-election podcast. Today, my guest is Gareth Reynolds. Gareth Reynolds from The Dollop, which is one of the biggest podcasts in the country, nay, the world. An amazing podcast that uh, Gareth is the co-host along with Dave Anthony, who's hilarious and um, a really great guy. I've not met him, but everyone tells me he is. No, actually, we did a show together once. Yeah, we did a show together in LA once. What am I talking about? But very funny guy, very uh, smart guy, too. And it's a great podcast. So everyone check out The Dollop. Gareth Reynolds uh, has been in a bunch of other stuff, too. Really funny guy. He wrote for Arrested Development. I mean, how cool is that? Go back and listen to episode. I think he was on like episode 40-something, I want to say. Yeah, so a while ago, like two years ago. He was on the podcast and we talked about him writing for the rest of development and how he saw Nirvana when he was like 13 years old. I mean, this guy's got a lot of cool points, you know, a lot of checks in the old cool points boxes. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm making it a thing. Damn it. And we had a really fun one. We got, we, we covered a lot of American politics and, um, we, yeah, I'll straight up tell you, if you're a Trump supporter, you're probably not going to like a lot of what we say about him, but you should have known that from listening to this podcast. Not a fan of the guy. I'll admit that. I'm not saying I hate all Republicans or anything like that. There are some decent ones out there, but I think uh, this guy's a disaster, and I'm I'm happy with the election result. But also, if you don't like Biden, we give the Democrats a lot of uh, shit too in this one because everyone should yeah feeling be feeling good, be happy. Biden won. I am, but I feel like we it's the structure of American politics that we kind of go after uh, more so than any individuals i guess i don't know just listen to the podcast this was a fun one to do gareth's hilarious um he's just a really fun guy we, there was a lot of silly moments in this one but the central theme was we definitely talk a lot about american politics and the systems in play uh what else do i want to tell you guys uh again shout out to everyone who's been giving me great feedback on the last couple episodes i feel like we got a nice little role going right now dating back to the episode with mike riccio in which we uh, you know, talked about like health and fitness and st- stuff like that for like a healthier lifestyle. And then Mike Leibovitz's episode was hysterical. Lebo, you know how he is. That guy's hysterical. Uh, I think I said hysterical like way too many times there. Anyway, Roy Wood Jr. was on the podcast last week, which was great if you're curious about comedy because he talked about the whole process of getting hired by The Daily Show. So really cool, informative stuff there. And without further ado, everybody, let's just get right to, to uh, this week's episode because, again, this was a fun one. Um, shout out to all you guys for listening. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're wearing masks and washing your hands. It's going to be a tough couple months, but it sounds like a vaccine. Pfizer came out with a vaccine that's uh, got people very optimistic. I'm optimistic. And hopefully um, everyone gets that vaccine and we'll be okay. Come, come April, we'll all be at a ball game or a concert or a comedy show. That's that's the real dream for me. All right, enough enough rambling. You guys are awesome. Uh, without further ado, enjoy the Joe Kilgallen podcast and Gareth Reynolds. All right. I'm talking. I'm so excited for this one because this guy, we've always had great conversations 
Always loved hanging out with you. Just a fun dude. Everyone, Gareth Reynolds, how are you, buddy? Hey, Joe, my boy. <laughs> uh, I'm good, man. How this? are you? I'm, I'm really good. Let me ask you right away. Uh, what's your parlor account? So I could I could pump your parlor because everyone's going to want to follow you on parlor. Do you know what parlor is? No. Okay. Have you not heard about this? I'm surprised. No. You usually have your fingers on the pulse of everything. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Parlor is basically conservative Facebook. A couple days oh. ago. Dude, I've been seeing it all over the place. People are like, uh, Parlor, it's the new Facebook, but for right-wing people. conservative Facebook Facebook? That's what I thought. I really did think that. I thought Facebook was a conservative stronghold these days. Yeah. And Twitter was a little more progressive. And yeah. Instagram is like, it's just pictures. I don't know people it's, who go on Instagram and get in arguments. Yeah, right. It's hard. It's possible, but it's hard. Very difficult. And then I, I went on Facebook a couple days ago. I've only been back on Facebook the last week because I wanted to see election reactions. Uh little yeah, fun. I, I have not I, I do not have a personal Facebook, but the idea of going there for that that resonates. Yeah, I have an incognito one that has like four friends on it that I, I uh, used because is it I was, a version of your name? Is it like Jose Kilganos? It's close. It's okay. close. I wish I was all that I, clever. All I need. By the way, Jose, we got to talk about your cat at some point. He's ready. He's available. All right. Good to know. Yeah. But they've they've literally created their own safe space, which cracks me the fuck up. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. I don't. You can't be these people who are like toughen up Buttercup and then be like, we're leaving Facebook because it's it's censorship. They think it's censorship. Yeah. I look, man. We're at the most bizarre. Cr- well, I I always found Snowflake to be a very effective put down. Like it was, you know, it's kind of like Karen, like, you know, like, I'm not not saying like, you know, it's fun to call someone those names, but when you're called snowflake, you are like, damn it. It's good. It's good. It hurts and it's good. And, and then the truth is that there's not one side that is a snowflake. Everybody's a snowflake. Like Donald Trump Jr. wrote a book called triggered. And then he's like crazily triggered. So it's just that we're all like this and we're all in our attempt to continue to seem like we're not triggered. We're just accused, we're accuse other people of being like the one we were like triggered. And, you know, but, but yeah, so of course, I mean, of course, conservatives are like, this is, this is too much. We're going to our one where we can have propaganda simply. That's really what it's about. The word propaganda too. And it's so funny to me that they don't seem to know. And of course I'm generalizing obviously, but the word censorship has to come from like the government. Facebook's a private company. If they're like, Hey, we don't want you posting about Nickelback anymore. They could do that. That's well within their rights. I pretty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't know. Well, no, the truth. I mean, the truth is that, you know, that like it, it is, it is almost an unsolvable problem because the last thing you want is for Facebook to become the arbiters of what is true and what is not true. There right. are, you know, it, so we've run this, like it's, it's, it's all going so fast and we're adjusting at such a clip now that it's hard to know what is right or wrong. It's probably like being like, uh, well, I shit. Why don't I just say Mitchell Trubitsky? It's, it's like when you're in the pocket and it, you know, it, you don't, you can't process fast enough to figure out what the fuck to do. That's right. And again, that's an analogy for a lot of quarterbacks, but really, I mean, Trubisky under the blitz was, you know, not great, but, um, yes, 
but um, but that's what happened with Alex Jones. Son of a so, bitch. No. So, <laughs> so it's like with Alex Jones, you're like, dude, you are screaming about the Sandy Hook shit. You have like ruined these these parents' lives. Get the fuck out of here. And at the time, it was like, yeah, dude, fuck off. We're done with you. But in reality, it now opens you up to people like Jack at Twitter or Mark Zuckerberg being able to now lifeguard what is a fact and what isn't a fact. And these are just greedy monsters. So it's only a matter of time until that is like everything else on those platforms kind of abused. If you could go back in time and redo social media, what would you do? Would you eliminate it? Would you be like, I'm not going to let this thing exist? Or would you go, I'm going to let it exist, but here's the caveat. Here's some changes I'm going to make. I know it's a loaded question. Well, I think the first thing you would do is you, you would it they're they're monopolies. So they need to be broken up. So you would right off the bat allow for competition and not allow Facebook to completely own the marketplace. And then I think yeah, knowing what we know now, you would put in um rules. I mean, you know, it, it's we are I mean, we are kind of beyond the point now of being able to have a place or a person that is just like like the NFL uh, judge that's in the booth who we don't see, who replays and is helping with like, if we had that for reality, that would be so helpful. Unfortunately, not only do we not have that, but we're, we've, you know, if you try to, if you try to censor something now, it only gives it credence. So you know, I, I mean, if there was a way to keep social media out of the news business, that would have to be the model you'd follow. Yeah, I agree with you there, because I remember you even have you have a joke about it, actually, about how Facebook used to be annoying because it was someone showing pictures of their kids. And you're like, all right, we get it. You know, someone doing something annoying. Now, yeah. these social media web, web platforms have become dangerous because of propaganda. Things go unchecked. Uh, you could galvanize people. It's a it's a great cult leaders recruiting tool, and uh, that's why that. Did you see that documentary, The Social Dilemma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what was scary and interesting about it was that the one line that stuck out to me that if it's like if the product is free, you're the product. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other thing is that you're allowing, um, you know, allowing. Facebook or YouTube to control, to, to give you the echo chamber experience versus being able to see everything. Um, you know, it's very, it's very weird and it's not, you know, it's not cool. I mean, Google, YouTube, Facebook, they all are just, they're just too fucking big. And Mark Zuckerberg you know, is elected by nobody. Not not that we have good representatives in either party in our government. They're few and far between. But at least they were, at least they had an election. Yeah. You know, like the, these people have just been put into, the, you know, uh, these enormously powerful positions. Arguably, like Mark Zuckerberg is arguably has more power than the president of the United States. I mean, it's a worldwide reach that he constantly has. Certain countries fully get their news from Facebook. 
And, um, you know, when, when you get a phone, it's like for Facebook. So, you know, it, it's, it's fucked, man. It's fucked. I mean, we almost need to just like, you know, like a hangover, just, we've got to go through the process of trying to figure out, of just give, I mean, truly what we need to do is completely change our government. And if people were happy and saw their tax dollars going to something, they would, they would be less fired up. I mean, people are pissed and worried because they, they're not sure what's coming and they don't see the people who are one rung below them getting taken care of. And it, it just worries you all the way until you're at the top of the ladder, you know? It's a trickle up worry. That's yes, that's what which happens. that's what it is. Trickle down economics gives you trickle up fear. Yeah, there yeah. you go. See, I like that. We should yeah. be working on campaigns, making better slogans on the ones well, that currently we have, have souls. We have souls. We do. I think, and I know you're saying it's like we need like a detox, like after a hangover, like detox ourselves from the way these systems go. Facebook has gotten even scarier, and I used it. I was using Facebook Marketplace for a little bit to sell stuff I was trying to get rid of because it felt safer than Craigslist because I could be like, oh, this guy, John Lewinsky, is buying this thing off of me. He's been on Facebook since 2009. Oh, we have some mutual friends. He lives over here. He's a real person. Okay, cool. Yeah. I can meet up and not feel like I'm going to get stabbed. Great. But they invented Facebook Marketplace to try to eliminate Craigslist. They now have on Facebook's app I saw this heart thing. I'm like, what is this for working out? No, it's for like dating. They're trying to get in the business of like a dating app. They're just Facebook doesn't want you to go to any other websites. They just want you to be on Facebook, which is why they bury links. Well, it's also, it's, it's like Amazon, like Amazon, the stuff that I'm seeing in Amazon commercials now, gen genuinely fucking scares me. The idea that Amazon is now like medication. I'm like, well, what this does not fucking end well. I mean, we're already worried about price gouging and shit in this country. You know, you just it what made the country and the world great when it came to commerce and business was the amount of options, the level of options that we had for everything when it came to like, I mean, I have I have a new joke about it that needs fucking work, but it's shocking to me that this country that is obsessed with options when it comes to everything, when it comes to cars, when it comes to movies, when it comes to any form of entertainment, when it comes to meals, when it comes to how to get those meals, it's choice, 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 choice. And then when it comes down to our elections, we beat the fuck out of each other over two people who we, we concede every four years is the most important election of our lifetimes because the choices keep getting worse and worse. So it's true. And, and you know, I mean, that, that is, that is why, a, a government that is for the people would break up these enormous these enormous companies. They just would. It just makes no sense. It put ma, it puts mom and pa's out of business. It just makes no sense. You're 100 percent correct. And there was a time like Teddy Roosevelt famously like trust busting and the idea that they, there was like yeah antitrust laws you had to compete. I thought I first noticed this with gas companies, our oil companies essentially maybe like Bush's second term when gas got really crazy. Yeah. I noticed I'm like the only times you see gas stations compete is if they're directly across the street from each other and one will be like a penny cheaper than the other. Yeah. They don't really compete. These companies, the, the prices are all set and that's, what's crazy. And, and you, any company could do that. Like this idea of supply and demand truly affecting the marketplace, uh, maybe in some degrees, but very little what's to stop companies that make plates from being like all plates cost $25 now 
if they yeah. all agree to it, they could set the, like, I read a thing about shrimp. I love shrimp. Shrimp is expensive. It kind of is. There's zero reason for shrimp to be expensive. It's easy to catch. There's there. We're not running out of it. There's fuck tons of shrimp on this planet. It can be made into a thousand different dishes. We learned from the great documentary Forrest Gump. Yes. That Bubba knew what the fuck he was talking about. Someone actually had someone had a post about that the other day about Forrest Gump. I think it was Roy Wood Jr. who was on my podcast last week, everybody. He's a, a social guy. media murderer. Kills it. He was the only comedian I knew that was funny on Snapchat. Like, uh, kills it. Yeah. he. It's something about, like, um, you just knew, like, it was a picture of Forrest and Bubba cleaning their guns or whatever, like, early on in the movie. And it's like, you just knew Bubba was going to get killed. Like, you know, dude was just all talk. He was just, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. He was always talking. Wasn't focused, you know? And then someone commented. It wasn't Roy, but someone else commented. And Forrest, like a typical white guy, makes millions off a of black man's idea. Uh, fair. Really funny. How did, what, the the order was obviously that Bubba Gump formed after Forrest Gump. But isn't that fucking weird? Yeah. That, that is, is the weird. order. There, Like, that's just so strange. We have a for we have a Forrest Gump restaurant. That is, I know it's some, yeah, it's it's. I remember too, going somewhere. I don't know where it was, but someone was like, "Oh yeah, we took him to Bubba Gump Shrimp." I'm like, "Well, first of all, why?" And second of all, there's a Bubba Gump Shrimp in their town. I can't remember if it was someone oh. visiting Santa Monica in L.A. when uh, I was living out there. I was like, "Why would you go well, there when there's one in Chicago or wherever the hell it was?" I, I got you one better. When I was in college, I went to Houston with my girlfriend at the time, and we went to Joe's Crab Shack. I'd never heard of Joe's Crab Shack, and I fucking loved it. And I came back to L.A., and I said to my roommate, you know, yeah, I went to Galveston. Uh, we hit this uh, little spot called Joe's Crab Shack, just a dime of a local. And he was like, dumb fuck. He's like, there's like 67 of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and I, in my head, I was like, oh, "Well, it makes total sense because I had a fantastic time." <laughs> you tried Hooters? There's a Hooters place. There's I don't a little know local uh, joint where they make the women wear. It's again, it's a local thing. Yeah, very yeah. local. Tight yeah. orange shorts, nylons. Yeah. very nice. Yeah, dude. There was a time in my life where I loved Hooters wings, and then I had them for the first time. I was doing the Funny Bone in St. Louis, and there was a Hooters right by the hotel. And I I'm know. Like, I haven't had this in a. 15 years I haven't had Hooters. I shit myself for like three days after that. Oh, worth it. That's why the sh that's why the shorts are orange. Just <laughs> to give you that Casey have a squirt as a girl. Um yeah, I honestly never I I mean I've I've probably been to like 10 Hooters and probably six times it was just because it was like one of the only things nearby to eat. It was purely food based. And the other four were all like, you know, it's, I mean, it's weird. It's odd. It's for teenagers. I feel like teenagers slash college kids. And then like creepy old guys after softball I've, games. I've been there with grownups who no joke, like they're reading from the book of stereotype. Or like she just touched my leg, dude, you know, like, and you're like, buddy, this is like, how do I even, how do I address this moment? That's been addressed 30 times. The first time I went to Hooters, I want to say I was a freshman in high school. It was me and three or four of my friends. That makes way more sense. Way more sense, right? Yes. And I remember we took the train there. You know, in Chicago, we have the, the L trains and stuff. Yeah. So we took the blue line and we were in love. We were, you know, 14, 15 year old boys. And I remember our check was $40. 
and we left a $10 tip. And which in our is, brains, which is literally a million dollars in human dollars. Exactly, dude. That's it. We thought we were the biggest ballers ever. We thought, like, dude, we just left her a $10 tip. We expect a phone number when she goes, like, I don't know. We just thought it was when now that I'm a grown up, though, or not even like a couple years later, I was like, Oh, that's pretty standard, actually. That's like yeah. a 20% At that tip. place, that's like, she's probably like, that's not good. But yeah, I I um, I um went out with a girl who worked at Hooters a little bit when I lived in Milwaukee when I was 18 for a few months. What'd your friends think of that? Uh, they all were supportive, very supportive. Because uh, you know how guys are. It's like if you're dating a stripper, it sounds cool, but then they're like, dude. Your girl's grinding balls and stuff like that, you know? Oh, I i mean, I think I'm probably a little unflat. Well, no, I'm probably not. But uh, no, I mean, even I would like to me, I, I've, I've gone out with girls who uh, have stripped and have never. Uh, I mean, it's like, a. I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I just see it. I see it as a job, you know? I think I mean it is. It's very when you get to know girls who work in that stuff. It, it is. It is like a job for the most part. I mean, there's some girls who obviously are partying, but now I believe that. Now I want to get a stripper on the podcast in the future. So that's a little teaser for the listeners. I'm gonna I'm gonna look one up. I, I you think you're a cool guy, but then you know, like you think, oh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if my girl's a stripper, but then you think about it, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want her. It's. I mean, it's yeah. It, well, it's it's for sure. Yes, there's. It's not the best situation you know but it is what it is i mean i Would did you... kids birthday parties and i was i was trusted to go to strange places in agora hills as spider-man and come home at night you know that's come right. home in my Jerry. joe's crab shack <laughs> you used to be like you were buzz Lightyear, right you would dress up for kids parties yeah were you buzz or for spider-man i was everything i was Scooby-Doo, the Grinch, Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, Batman, Superman, Winnie the Pooh, Sully from Monsters, Inc., and you name it, literally anything. It was What's a, like the craziest Elmo. thing that ever happened? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, there's so many. Um, I, 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 there's the so many. crying? I, oh, kids crying. I, I one time was... A kid kind of attacked me when I was Santa. Another time when I was Santa, I um, was like wasted from the night before. And like as I was walking on these cobblestones to go up to the house, completely lost my balance and like fell into a bush. Um, I one time had a hair in my mouth when I was um, right before I went into Spider-Man. And as I was trying to get the hair out with my glove, I felt like I put more hairs in my mouth. And so I threw up outside of my car. I was hung over then too. I um I got stung by a bee when I was Spider Man once. I w I did Arnold Schwarzenegger's birthday party, cut my elbow, and the maid that he got pregnant like a year later. This was right before he was governor, right when he was about to be governor, and she fixed my elbow. Um, real quick, real quick, was she, was she worth it? Was she, was she uh, uh, let's just say I thought I was like I would not have guessed that. Oh okay. Yeah, I was an I definitely an odd pairing. I would not have get, but also Maria Shriver was at his house at the time, so I was like very much like they're a happy couple. Um, but yeah, I, one time I was uh, one of the the X Men guy Cyclops, and I got sunblock in my eye. You ever got sunblock like fully in your eye? Burns, yeah. It can like ruin it, literally ruin your day, maybe two days. And um, I had it in my eye. And trying to do a party while where like my eyes were basically closed as Cyclops, 
was very strange because he is blinded or whatever. He's got lasers shooting out of his fucking eyes. But I was there like they were probably like, this guy's doing real character. And I was like, I got in my car. And I couldn't open my eyes for like an hour. I was like, uh, uh. I do like so, that you got stung by a bee as Spider-Man. That's my favorite. I feel and like. reacted as myself and not Spider-Man. I was not like, no part of me was just like, ha ha. I was like, oh, like I saw the mom. I was like, a bee stung me. I think I got like baking soda put on it. I've been stung by a bee three times in my life, and it was uh, all within one summer. Wow. Just so if anybody luck, was, man. if anyone was to turn into bee boy, it would be you. It would have been me that summer, I feel like. Yeah. The, the first time it happened, too, I was walking with a couple friends, and I said, you think I could touch that branch? And they were like, no. I'm like, well, okay, watch this. I think I was like 12, and I ran at full speed, and I did like a Jordan, and I grabbed the leaf, and there was a bee on the leaf. And I, when I came down, I was like, motherfucker. And they were like, what the hell? They like, they couldn't figure out why I was freaking out. And then I showed them and they're like, oh dude, you got stung. You could see like the stinger, like right in my, like, like, yeah, part of my thumb. It, yeah. And then a week later I was at like the public pool and I was just sitting there and all of a sudden I got stung in my like lower back. And, um, I can't remember the last time. I think the last time I was like, a, it was all at the same park. That park had like a lot of dipshit bees roaming around. Now what's That's why I didn't see bee movie. What's the bee? What's that's fair? It's totally but the trauma. Uh, now, is that what's that park's bee situation now? My guess is it's less. I would hope. Well, because yeah, I mean, they're I killed a bunch after that. <laughs> I got okay. I, round, I rounded the Are boys. Are you the up. reason why they're dying? Hey man, if they're Don't gonna try to take me. Out, I'm gonna take them out. What the Joe? We need those, you asshole! Stop hurting yeah, the bees. Pollen and all that dumb shit. Whatever, Joe. Do not condescend the beat. Stop it. You stop going to that park. I forgot you're in such an environmentalist, Gareth. I'm actually just, you are I'm actually. an environmentalist. So I do a lot of guessing what people's climate change fears are. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I can lift the table with my hand without having it under. Oh, uh, dude. It's so good to talk to you, man. Uh, you're 2020, man. What a crazy, dumb, stupid piece of shit year. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk election with you because as the co-host of the dollop, which is, this amazing American history podcast that I've literally can't meet anyone who isn't a fan of. I bump that's, into people constantly. Um, well, that's good. Uh, you, yeah. you, you do what you want with the bees. You're being nice now. You can do uh, I am being nice. Now look, I, I had one summer where me and the bees were at each other's throats. Right. Now I don't mind bees. Although one bee, I later found out it was a wasp. They had this little wasp nest in my backyard yeah. that I had to take out. Fuck. That's, wasp, I'm, though, right? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think that's okay. All right. Good. Good. I'm okay good with here. that. So I, I would like to get us talk a little election stuff with you. But before that, you're such a wise guy. I imagine this probably hurt you a little bit. Alex Trebek died. Which, what? Uh, that was a bummer, man, a bummer, because man, right? it seemed like he was doing better. And then uh, and then he was he was gone. Um, the yeah, day before, I'm sorry to cut you off there. But no, the no, day before on Jeopardy's Twitter, they shared a clip of this guy who. I'm guessing was Indian or Pakistani. Don't get upset with me, listeners. Uh, he didn't say he sounded like an American, like he was born and raised in America, but he was basically telling Alex, I learned English by watching Jeopardy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he said, send my grandfather's lap and we'd watch you. And then the guy got like emotional and, you know, Alex was yeah. like, thank you and all that. And that was like the clip they showed. And in that clip, cause I guess that was recorded cause you know, he's been taping episodes oh, while right. battling with cancer. Machine. Yeah. Total machine. I mean, what a cool guy too. There's, he had this way about him where, yeah, he would get a little smug sometimes, but he always felt like it was like in a fun natured way. 
He was also like a world's leading linguist. Like the dude, like I remember, like, cause I would always be like, like when he would be like a Kuala Lumpur, I'd be like, Hey buddy, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then you were like, Oh no, this dude like genuinely is, he's right. He's doing this properly. There's also this very humanizing clip where he's swearing while recording bumpers for Jeopardy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's so weird to like feel an attachment to like a game show host, but there was just something about that guy that just always struck me as, as interesting. And, and, you know, I mean, the mo it's the most awkward show because you're dealing with some of the smartest people. So when you are trying to relate to them, it is, uh, it's a little alien and he, you know, yeah. But yeah, it was a real bummer, man. It's for sure. I bet he smoked a little weed too. Oh, definitely. Come on. Yeah. He's French Canadian. You yeah. ever see that mustache he was rocking in the 70s and 80s? That, by the you way, know he fucks. That, mu <laughs> you know that mustache. That mustache was stinky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That had uh, pussy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say what we're all thinking, America and Canada and <laughs> listeners around the world. You know, Alex Trebek was just. Yeah. Just so much sitting on him. That's how he could do the show. So like he could do eight tapings a day. He was like, when I get back, ah, Trebek. <laughs> Those yeah. were pretty great SNLs back in the day when they did the oh. Jeopardy. And it's not that so, Will Ferrell did a particularly good Trebek. He really just played it pretty straight. It was, it was the others. It was, it was the it others. Was your Burt Reynolds and Sean Connery's. And yeah, someone made that meme of Sean Connery from, Jeopardy on SNL and Will Ferrell on SNL and just said reunited finally. Yeah. Because they but they died like a couple weeks apart, really. Yeah, pretty close, pretty close apart. I mean, it's always weird because whenever a year is crazy as 2020, and then you add in celebrity deaths. But I feel like every year has a lot of celebrity deaths. That's just that's just the way it goes. Yeah, we were we were shitting all over I think it was 2017, just shitting all over it. And then you have 2020 and you're like, yeah, we, we didn't know how good we had it. I remember 2016, I think Prince and Tom Petty. And so that yeah. bothered a yep. lot of people. Yep. Those are, they're upsetting for sure. David they Bowie. Are. I, I agree with you though. Back to the idea of Trebek being a game show host and it hitting everyone hard. I think it's because there are so few constants in this world. And Trebek's a guy that like no me too allegations, no anything. He's like, you're Mr. Rogers, but in the afternoon, or Mr. Rogers had your mornings and it was just like a constant jeopardy hosted by Alex Trebek. You just yeah. knew it. Here comes it's the comforting. daily double. Yeah. yeah. It's very, it was very comforting. Came home from school. It was on you. Everyone, you knew tried to play along with it. You always had that one friend who would never answer in the, in the form of a question. Yeah. Like that doesn't count dude. And just like, I don't know. It was nice. And I liked seeing the clip of him from the seventies and eighties being like, motherfucker. It was almost like a fun version because, you know, it was swearing because you're probably doing 15 takes doing these promos going, hey, watch Jeopardy yeah. tonight. At local affiliates. And, yeah. Yeah. Local affiliates making it specific. Yeah. And in between just being like, motherfucker, like he's calling himself yeah. a dumb shit. Oh, yeah. Like, and he's he the way he's swearing is it's not like when Casey Kasem has his meltdown. It's like he's so affable. It's just he's a likable dude, you know, very much so. It's a, it's a shame. It is a shame. All right. It is a bummer. All right, Pete, you're back. I hope you're uh, having some good times up there. Ripped. I don't know if you, I don't know if he was married or anything like that. So uh, he was married, and uh, I think she was a little bit younger, but they seemed very, very happy. And it's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about 
the election that is 2020. Uh, just an insane year. Uh, we The way this year has been with the pandemic and everything else going on, I just knew. I remember telling people, I'm like, we're not finding out on election night. Get that shit out of your head. There's oh, yeah. no way we're finding out at 930 local time. It's going to be, uh, my, I, I didn't, I thought it'd be a, like maybe early in the morning the next day. I didn't think it was going to take almost a whole week. Well, the truth is it's still not fully decided. <laughs> that is I also mean, true. It's, it's, it's pretty decided, but it's not settled. Uh, it's, it's some un, there's some unfinished business. Um, yeah, I, we did, we did dollop election night coverage and, um, and Dave was like the whole time I was like, this is not looking good. And honestly, like I, there are so few reasons that I would vote or want Joe Biden to win. And this is just the year when it's like, they have aligned enough for me to, to go from being like, fuck this election to being like, holy shit. I mean, we, you know, this, we've got to just end this for multiple reasons. Um, but Dave kept saying, no, we it said was going to happen. It was going to look red and then it's going to go blue as he kept sticking to the script more than they were on the fucking news. You know, like it was, we were even saying it during then. Why wouldn't the news market it as election week? I mean, if they're all about like, just set the expectation, you know, you can really milk that whole week. But, uh, but he was calling it. He was saying like it'll take days, and yeah, you know, at the end of at the end of all the counting, obviously it's, um, yeah, it's it's pretty clear, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I should have watched your coverage, then I would have felt more at ease. Did you guys get your? Were you guys just following like online, like AP, or where were you getting your info as you were doing it live? There's, there's really, yeah. I mean, basically just through Twitter and and having the news on. I mean, there, it's there's so little actually happening, and especially in this one that it was really more about context. I mean, all they give is commentary to shit. So that's basically what our show is. So it was just, it was pretty simple that, you know, when there was interesting stuff to talk about, we could talk about it, but, but Dave was just holding the fucking course, just going like, no, this will, this is supposed to be like this. They're going to, it's going to change, you know, basically. And then it did, you know? Yeah. That's the one thing that's kind of, I like still with mainstream news on election night. Cause a lot of mainstream news I can't stand is that they will be like, look, there's, they haven't counted shit in Philly yet. There's, there's still a yeah. hundred thousand ballots outside of this. And it's, and just for anyone listening who is on the side of, Oh, they stole it. It's bullshit. This guy told people not to mail in ballots are stupid. He basically was like the mail. Don't trust the mail. Nobody should be allowed to vote by mail. Mail sucks. Mail sucks. And then was shocked to find out that none of his supporters did the mail thing. And that way, when mail and bells came in later, he was getting his ass killed. Yeah. What do I you mean, expect? Well, he also voted by mail. He's not this time because of his rhetoric, but he voted by mail. It's yeah. not. I mean, again, like we we really we have so many other things to worry about when it comes to our elections and fraud than mail and voting. I mean, electronic voting. I mean, the list just goes on and on. If we really wanted to have fair elections, you know, there's a list of 10 things that are before the fears that come from mail and ballots and stuff. Um, and these and our elections are fucked. I mean, 
And there's no doubt in my mind that some dead people voted and someone's fucking dog voted. Like, but that shit happens all the time. It's negligible when it comes to like the overall count of stuff. But again, we are at the point where um, there's two sets of facts, and I completely empathize with people, with Trump supporters, who are like, the media doesn't get to call the election. It's just a thing that they've done. And, but, you know, the, the media and the Democrats put themselves in positions with previous lies where they can have holes poked in the, re the realities so easily. So I, I blame the misinformation from Fox News and from OAN and Sinclair Broadcasting and all that shit, but they don't exist if the media and, and our government just sticks to the script of being honest versus ratings or sensationalism. And the media has abandoned our needs so why the fuck are people surprised when you've opened yourself up to this possibility of people saying, no, they don't get to pick the election. They don't get to pick who wins. You know, that's why we're going to get a drawn out process because, again, and, and they, they do it on all networks. I mean, like, I really don't watch a lot of news, but when I have it on, I'm watching it as like, you know, just analyzing how dumb it is. And, you know, Brian Williams lied about taking RPG fire in Iraq. And, you know, I mean, these, these, these people, you know, Matt Lauer, like they're just, they don't know a lot. And a lot of them don't know shit. Like you watch fucking Casey hunt on Emma. And nobody's like, this is a reliable genius. Like, you know, if we wanted the smart people, they wouldn't look as fucking pretty. And that's why it is the way it is. Well, you that's know, we have, it's manufactured consent as Noam Chomsky calls it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gnome isn't very good looking, which is why we don't see enough of him on TV, I feel like. Dude, if your name's Gnome, what do you fucking expect out of a guy? I know. Parents they really set up their gnome. children. Yeah. And this is his big brother, Warlock. <laughs> yeah. Warlock Chomsky. Actually, I don't like that guy. Yeah. And if you <laughs> met Hunch, Uncle Hunch is here. <laughs> it does sound like, like an Adams Family cousin or something like that. Yeah. Warlock's coming to visit. <laughs> Warlock. Fuck man. Yeah. It's, I, I so, wrote a blog in 2013 on my website. I, I, for some reason in 2013 wrote like a blog every month. I don't know why I thought wow. like, that's oh, something to do. It's month content littered with spelling errors. I'm sure. And I called it like uh shared stupidity because at the time I noticed so many people I knew on Facebook that I went to like grade school and high school with would share shit that I just at first glance, I'm like, that can't be true. You do one minute of google search and you're like oh it's not true like stupid shit like oh did you see obama lowered the american flag to half mass for uh whitney houston she was a crackhead you what the fuck i'm like no he actually didn't do that like real easy to google and find that out yeah. and so i noticed all the websites too or not the websites but the facebook groups that were like supposedly patriotic like um anything they had like america number one or you know, true American heroes, Facebook page. You just knew it was just going to be some racist bullshit and pure propaganda. So I wrote it from that angle. But then I, on the last paragraph of the blog, I talked about how the national media is bullshit too. And they're just drumming up stuff to be entertaining. And how at the time that's, well, it's been like this for a while, but 24 hour news networks look like ESPN. They look the same. Oh yeah. It's this. I mean, it essentially is the same format. Honestly, it's 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 
it's speculation under the guise of experts and analysts and consultants. But it's just like how the NFL guys predict, you know, they at the end of the season, they're like, well, I did uh, 25 and 24 on my picks this season. Like, it's as good as not making any picks. That, you know, hired, hired consultants for their opinions, they, those, are not, those are no longer outside opinions. And that's yeah. what it is. It's it's these. Te- it's almost like you've just expanded the anchor team to another thirty people that you pay. You know, so XCIA, you know, whatever it is, like Claire McCaskill or um, Rick Santorum, whatever. It's like you know these fucking idiots who are now paid to be. I mean, it's almost it's like the Booger McFarland effect on the news now too, where. It's almost like if someone is the worst and people are like, fuck this person, they're like, keep them around. Like, that's why, like, Chuck Todd is yeah. it, it, it completely pro. Our government is as well. And, and it's, and it's the, the will of billionaires being done by millionaires. And we, we tune in every, every night to see what Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo's handoff is like or you know, what Sean Hannity or Tucker, it's, it's fucking bananas that these they're actors. I mean, they're, they're fucking actors. So just like the right wing is always like, fuck Hollywood, which I don't disagree with, but that's what the the people on the news are actors. Sean Hannity is playing a part. So is Tucker Carlson. So is Chris Cuomo. I mean, they're all, you know, fake TV, tough guys. Like they're just dime a dozen at a commercial casting call for the Limu Emu spots. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sean Hannity, especially too. And it, it hurts me as an Irish American that they were like, let's get this guy, this big guy. He looks like he played football. He looks like he'd man a grill real well. This is yeah. our dude. And he could look tough and he'll have, remember the show was originally Hannity and Combs. And yeah. they had this guy, Alan Combs, who was supposedly a liberal, but everyone who knew him was like, he's moderate. Really? He's barely yeah. even a Democrat. Like he, yeah, he doesn't like far right nutbags, but he's okay. That That's your like representation of the left. That's pretty weak. You know, he might be a degree from the center toward the left, but either yeah. way, he looked like a dude where it's like, did they take the guy who was the high school football player and the guy, the high school football player put into a locker and thought, let's give them a show together. Yeah. He, he just, he was such, yeah, it's so true. I mean, he was just such a. He looked like a guy who always needed to blow his nose. Yeah, and he was he was and he he was ob- he he was oblivious enough to just be cast as this guy and just be like, oh come on, Sean, and that was it. And everybody came on to just shit down Alan Combs's throat, and then he died. Is he dead? He's dead. I didn't know he died. Wow. Yeah. Sean Hannity oh. killed him. <laughs> Typical Hannity. Yeah, Hannity hit I him. him or Bill O'Reilly. And yeah. Bill O'Reilly was another guy like that, a big six foot yeah. five inch guy who loved to yell. Was the anti Trebek because he was a dick when he messed up promos. Yeah, well, and, I mean, the truth is that you know, like the media, the our, the media now is like, look, we're here to remain impartial. It's like, you know, if we just had smart people, it, it just the world would be different. Instead, we have pretty people. You can't have both. And yeah, I think that's know. really a mistake. I, I did like that that newsroom show, that HBO show that people had problems with, which I, I get, I guess, in some regards, um, they had a, like the second episode or something. They talked about, uh, Jeff Daniels character said that the, the government gave the public, the airwaves 
in exchange for doing the news. That was part of the deal back in the day. Like you had to keep the citizens informed, yeah. but they should have guaranteed that you couldn't run commercials during the news. Because if you took the profit out of the news industry, then we might actually get people who are just the smartest at it. Yeah. And it just be like a government, maybe it could be like an elected position. I don't know, but there are yeah. some things where it's like, we shouldn't, we don't need to profit off of everything. And we, we don't be profiting we should, off disease. And well, yeah. And we should try to stop profiting off of shit. I mean, in many ways, it just, it's just, it's just, it's it's a failure. I mean, this this it's people you can't you know Democrats are like oh of course we're still capitalists and shit like that. And you do need you need you know you do need commerce and um you know you need ways to for people to make money off of things or some version of that. But holy fuck, man! I mean, the greed the the greed the greed has now surpassed reality. The greed now is such that um you know. I don't know what the plan is if you have a trillion dollars and no planet. It seems like they do now have the plan to go to Mars. Uh, and that's just, you know, that's just fucking nuts. Um, and we're all just, you know, we're all just sitting here just like, oh, boy, Jeff Bezos is a trillionaire. That's fucked. It's like, man, we should, you know, what is it going to take for us to go bonkers? Now, when, you, and, when I think about a company like Amazon... Sometimes I'm like, yeah, there's just some stuff where I'm like, I don't know what, how else to get that if not through Amazon. No, it's which true. Is a shame. It's true. And, and I think it's unfortunately in our nature now to like, I ordered a book from Barnes and Noble, this local spot. Um, <laughs> but you know, not like I'm doing any bit like Barnes, you know, I'm Barnes and Noble is obviously not doing as well as it, it has been, but I just thought, no, I want to, I ordered this Richard Pryor book and I was like, I just want to. I just want to get the hard copy of it and I want to fucking read it and I don't want to get it through Amazon. And it took like six days and it really felt so much longer than that because of how fucking spoiled we are by getting it the next, it's just fucking bonkers. And it also has removed this anticipation, expectation, gratification. Like you, when you receive things now, you know, like think about when you used to get a letter or a birthday card or a package from some, you know, like it used to just have such value and meaning and it just, and even Christmas, it's like, like the, what, what I see my niece and nephew get like, not anymore because they're a little older, but what I, I mean, you would just be like, what the fuck? And then you see a video of a kid in Africa and he gets a little whale, a stuffed whale. And that's all he gets for the, for his gift. And he's like, oh my God, yes, yes. And he's loving it. And then you look at the kids here and they're like, this is just garbage. And you're like, fuck, you know, it's a, it is our human civilization. Yes. Is at a real, real tipping point as far as like what we value. Were we talking about this before we started recording the Amazon thing? (laughs) I feel like a fucking idiot right now. You and I, did we talk about this on the podcast? About Amazon being too big, like in connection to how we can break them up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we did. I couldn't that remember my brain. Yeah. Well, because you and I were talking, everyone behind the curtain right now, uh, Gareth and I were catching up about some life stuff, and we started to talk about some stuff where I'm like, whoa, we should be recording for this. And then I couldn't remember if we actually brought it back up or not. That I, as someone who smokes a good amount of pot, I'm pretty confident that we talked about that part in show. Okay. But potentially talked about it before. I mean, yeah, we're, I'm. you and I are probably both always down to shit on Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it's just... Sometimes I think about that company and I'm like, if they just paid their fucking taxes and paid their weight no workers, 
yeah. uh, living wage. People like nobody shits on Costco. Costco is a very profitable company too. I don't know anyone who shits on it other than that. It's a bitch to be there on a weekend because the place is packed, but it's true. they no seriously. Costco pays yeah. their workers very well. And I I've known people who I had well, a comedian Jeff, friend who oh, worked there for way longer than he needed to, because he's like, Dude, I get full benefits. I kind of like working here too. Free samples. Like they have, I guess I read, I read too. Also Costco had like the least amount of turnover of any big business, which is saying something, you know? Yeah. Well, the whole thing with Amazon now too, is they're, they're just trying to crack fully automated. So, you know, it's, it's automation is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's where they're going. That's what they're after. And well, that's why I liked Andrew Yang as a candidate. Cause he was like the only person talking about that. Yeah, it's a huge problem. That no, he was look, that I mean the, the it, there were a couple really good messages and Andrew Yang's voice is one that's just people you know, people get upset about like the dude is talking about giving people some money. And and can you imagine fellow citizens you know trying to make talk shit about that kind like it's just like it's crazy. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, you have to agree that the the morality and the concept is a step in a better direction than what we have now. You know, it's like continuing to allow the good being the enemy of the great. And that's what Democrats do so fucking well. I mean, Republicans too, but they do it so well by saying that, you know, that's like Nancy Pelosi with the $1.8 trillion stimulus not not trying to push that through a senate that wouldn't take it because you because that's not good enough it's like i'll tell you who it's going to fucking be good enough for and do more when you have a turnover administration or you do it with the, whatever it is but you know you've just got to think about the reality of how out of fucking touch you look when you're on james corden with two $12,000 freezers full of ice cream and then you're saying that the country can wait for the $1.8 trillion that will actually float people through a time when they can't work. It's just, it's shocking. It's a shocking time in this country. Yeah, you're right. I mean, pass that bill and then, you know, run on the fact that we wanted more. They're just they're argue, so bad at playing the game. You could also argue that the idea of um, giving this three-month stretch now where people potentially will get nothing and and the new president Joe Biden is coming in with that. It's just it puts him at a disadvantage. It's just the government used to at least do a good job of pretending that they cared by doing some shit. Like that's the the whole fr like give them bread and give them circus. Like they're now just like let's see what just circus does. You know. Wow, that's first of all I like that quote. I've never heard that quote before. Oh yeah, that's that's an that's an old one of how to you know how to keep them happy, bread and circus. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I look at the state of America right now and everything that's going on, and you're right about greed and everything like that. It kills me because my my big issues. Is I want universal health care for all, like Medicare for all. I, I want Medicare for all in particular. At this point, yes, give me. I'll take a public option too. Um, just anything that every anything that could cover everybody, I'd be uh, pleased with. Uh, because I really do think it's insane how many people I, and I, and I know this from my wife being a nurse, nobody wanted to say this on the news, but I'll say it essentially. 
the reason coronavirus in particular was hurting minority communities some of it's a little culturally because like you know hispanic guys want to be tough and, and black you know that's a tough thing guys it's hurting older men because they're like ah i'll walk it off and they were taking their time getting to the hospital but it was also hurting those communities because they're unfortunately and, and poor white communities too didn't have health insurance and they've been trained over the last couple decades of their life with either bad health insurance or no health insurance to really weigh the option of going to get medical care. You know, I remember one time I saw a guy, I was in my car, but I remember pulling over. There's a bunch of people. They helped him anyway. So I was like, yeah, he's fine. He crashed his bike riding in Chicago. And the first thing out of his mouth, he was bleeding from his fucking head. And the first thing out of his mouth to people was don't call an ambulance. Cause he knew there was going to be a couple grand bill. He said, like, don't call an ambulance. Don't like, cause I, he must've gotten, you know, must've, this guy sucks at riding his bike. He must've thought off a bike before where he got hit with that bill. But it, that's such a fucked up cult. How are we okay living in a society where when someone gets sick, it's like, should have worked harder. Like that's a fucked up mentality. Well, and when you poll, when you poll Americans, even this was, sorry, I'm rambling here a little bit, Gareth, but Fox know. news even had this poll where it's something like almost 70% of Americans like 76%. Yeah. 76% you would know, right? 76% of Americans favor, you know, Medicare for all or universal healthcare, whatever you want to call it. They, they, they favor, favor the that. Medicare for all or the, when explained, they favor it. Yeah. That yes. Medicare has one of these. It is, it's crazy because Medicare is an active thing that is adored by those who have it and a necessity. And yet we're still able to tell people that that doesn't make sense for every it's just fucking crazy how the the misinformation they're able to get out there um but yeah it does it uh, you know like anything else it affects the lower class and in this country the, you know the while the lower class for sure has white people in it it for the most part is minorities um and you know you have we have a, not only a major class issue in this country but what you have right now is this weird time when your while while having good health care will help you if you do get sick from the coronavirus. It's the first time where it's like this can be transferred through classes. So e this airborne virus can so easily it's like we're on a, a cruise ship together, you know. Like now you can, anybody can fucking get this thing. This thing doesn't recognize money. It doesn't, you know, if your health is what your health is, or if you you could be a long hauler and just get really fucking sick from this. The reason why we have the fucking thing is because poor people eat at wet markets because the fucking food is cheap because we don't have any sort of global equality. Um, that's why you have people who, you know, yeah, there's certainly cultural d divides and differences, but you know, People eat fucking bats and eat fucking dogs and, and shit like that because it's meat and it's cheap. And if you got to feed a family, you know, what the fuck are you going to do? And when you see these wet markets, you are like, holy fuck, not only did we deserve COVID essentially, but th this is not going to end. If this, this is, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like, um, I can't remember. It's zoo something like when it's transferred from animal to human, but that's most diseases. Most diseases are animal to human. And, you know, if we continue to destroy the environment, continue to not take care of animals, continue to eat questionable uh, breeds or species or from certain areas, um, you know, it, this is going to continue to happen. 
and wet markets are you know wet markets are i think are back up in in china but they never stopped in a lot of other countries you know well i mean it started it originated in china as we all know and that's a country that's pretty horrible with human rights and then it got out of control in america which is also a country that's gotten very terrible with human rights so it's not yeah. really surprising that that happens when you have um just two cultures that have lost i mean the cultures themselves i mean the american culture there's a lot of aspects of it that are great and i'm and i'm sure with china as well but when you no longer value people yeah bad shit's going to happen and everything's going to make it a quick buck this country should have been able to handle it should have know, yes really really should have and it just shows you that I mean, you know, I, I would say that the, the culpability on this pretty much does lie with Trump. Yes, um, I would agree. But we, but he was elected. He was elected because people are so fucking desperate and he just doesn't give a shit. I mean, that's where we're at. We're like, no, that's, you know, and you're right. We talked about Biden, about how neither of us are like huge Biden fans, like what he's done. Um, I had like five other people I, I preferred over him. Um, I think he was only number five because I'm like, I think he could win. Actually, people don't truly like hate him, hate him. I think a lot of what Hillary was, was people were like, fuck her. And they like went out of their way to vote against her. You know, yeah. that's why she lost Wisconsin and Michigan. It was so funny to me and you being from Wisconsin. I'm sure this struck you the same way. Wisconsin's a swing. When did Wisconsin become a swing state? It was blue since like 1988. I don't understand this idea that it's a swing state. All of a sudden it's like, no, we had a, a candidate that was just walked in it like thinking oh it's all mine to win she you know said there's well, a public persona private persona she seems yeah. so disingenuous like there's just a she lot not to like about her she couldn't go to places because she her likability ratings would drop i mean truly like as not even saying i mean it, it was a problem having yeah. her as a candidate however you feel about her personally how the majority of the country felt about her you, you have to say that when you nominate that candidate at that time, whether it's misinformation or however you perceive it, yeah, it was not strategically, politically a very easy situation. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm talking in terms yeah. of like what the American public viewed her and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And yeah, man, it was just and then Biden just seemed like, look, I know you and I both like Bernie a lot. And I mentioned Yang a little bit earlier. It just seemed like there's such a messaging problem that the Democrats and the left have like the But the one I was going to say is that. The Democrats do seem, I do feel more confident with them when it comes to a global pandemic, when it comes to a, like a, a hurricane disaster relief and stuff like that. What has hurt Republicans so badly in my lifetime was Bush's handling of Katrina in 05 led to the Democrats taking back the Senate and the House in 06. And Bush's handling of this pandemic was what helped the Democrats take back the presidency right now. They just seem so bad on these like big things that the shit you actually do need government for. I think the Democrats are, uh, are, are willfully weak and they, a lot of times, you know, look, they raise so much money off of Donald Trump. The truth is that, yes, I think Donald Trump is a detestable person. I think he's disgusting. I, you know, think he's, I think he's, you know, racist. I mean, all this shit is disgusting. But when it comes to actually damaging the country, what, what Bush and Cheney did is far worse. Yes. I mean, you know, so, and we've forgiven George W. Bush because he likes Decent Michelle painter. Obama and yeah. And he, and he sat next to Ellen at a baseball game. Yeah. He paints fucking dogs. Um, you know, we don't, we're He's not, like Regis Fieldman if Regis was a war criminal. 
Right. That's how I view George W. Bush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, so nothing really means anything. Reality doesn't really play into stuff anymore. And oh, um, yeah, and people avoid the hypocrite thing. You call someone a hypocrite, there's that ah, doesn't even matter. Yeah, even, and, even and if they know it's true. The Democrats have no interest in in helping people. The Democrats have interest in holding on to uh, a system that is corrupted that they get rich off of. Um, and they just do a really good job of holding on to it and keeping Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer as the figureheads of this fucking part. I mean, you know, I, I, I swear to God, like I wouldn't get in a fucking car with Chuck Schumer. Like if yeah. he was driving, how the fuck are you supposed to let that guy handle what, what, you know, the Senate on behalf of the side you believe in? So, you know, Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, I mean, they, and they just, um, uh, what the fuck is the guy's name that they're, uh, Robbie Mook is now going to be either the head of the DNC or a higher up. I mean, it's, it's all a joke. And, um, and the Democrats, again, much like Obama did, have a real opportunity to help people. And it's a race to the bottom. And the first party that actually starts to actually genuinely help people will become a really, really popular party. And the problem is it probably won't be a Republican and it probably won't be a Democrat. And those are our two options. So, you know, one of, one of two things needs to happen. These parties need to absolutely fundamentally revolutionize and change, or more likely, we're just going to need to find uh, a new place and a new party. Well, like the bummer of it is the people who are where I do believe genuinely do want to help people. I just don't think Bernie, I believe I do genuinely believe he's someone who wants to help people. The problem yes, is so he, he's so old, you know, and I don't even I think the problem with play the game. Is, well, yes, he didn't. He didn't. He Joe Biden was so easy to beat. And Bernie just wouldn't give him the kill shot. And, well, you Bernie, know, I think and I got in trouble with this with some Bernie friends of mine online not that long ago where I was like, where you guys know where I stand on this shit. I did three fundraising shows for the guy in 2016. I was wearing his shirt every day. Like I was posting about him in 2010. That's the one thing I do like about Facebook um, uh, as a website. Receipts. So the Facebook memories receipts yeah receipts baby i love the receipts receipts are the best man <laughs> yeah. i actually had a good one um that was cubs related the other day from people talking shit when they were down three games to one but uh i was uh, like listen guys you can't deny the fact that it's almost like a fool me once like in 2016 the dnc screwed bernie all right yeah. fool me once happens again four years later you're the fucking fool this shit's on you at this point because how did you dude you're an independent you're not even a registered democrat you're running totally for the democratic agree. primary and you didn't make any kind of concession you didn't make you didn't say to yourself if i'm going to run in 2020 and win this primary i have to fucking do more because this they clearly don't care about the will of the people you had to have known that after 40 fucking years serving in office or however long it was that they're gonna do put in who they want to put in that like that's yeah, not shocking I, to anybody at this point. I know. I think I think Bernie needed to Yeah, I mean, look, he's in a really hard position because people blamed the Hillary loss on him uh, illogically. Yeah. Um and so I don't know. I mean, you'd be rattled if people were like you brought us Trump, you know, or Jill Stein or Susan Sarandon or the list of people who didn't do this but are blamed for it. But Bernie really tried to help the cause. Bernie really, you know, stumped for her and and a, a lot. Um, more than she did for Obama uh, when she lost to him. So, um, 
and then so you had this election and yeah if bernie had left to to become the candidate of you know the green party or the people's party i mean they you know think of ralph nader i mean ralph nader is a name that like when i mean again you there are certain names you can't bring up without the left losing their fucking minds and ralph nader is one of them yeah ralph nader to them cost us and gave us George W. Bush. Again, the guy who we're all happy dances on Ellen now, and he's cool, you know, that guy. But that he that we, he gave us Bush, and he just, again, I mean, how do you, it's, you, you don't, it's like that, you remember when Garfield would take the little, he'd cut a little slice of cake, and then he'd take the whole cake? It's like, it's like that. Like, the amount of, the, amount of blame that goes on these people who are trying to just say this whole system is fucked come with me and everyone going we're all going to stick in the fuck system because the more fucked system might take over if we don't live in this fucked system and i mean it is this it is this not that i guess we just cannot seem to undo because i, I mean liberals the democratic liberals uh they do see it differently than I do. That's why, like, I voted for Joe Biden. I did not want to, but it got to the point where I felt like I had to because he, he it, meaning he preserved rights for certain people. He preserved rights for gays or transgendered. Like, there was, uh, you know, there's just, there was some preservation. But again, people need to be reminded that these, every four years should not be uh, a time for someone to threaten to take something away so you vote for the person who says you get to keep it. It should be about new things that are going to make your life better, not things that someone's going to take away. And the past two elections, we've fallen in the argument of this guy sucks, this person sucks, pick. And that's just policyless. And it also leaves you when you have Joe Biden now entering office, you know, very, very likely entering office. He's beholden to nothing. He's promised you nothing. Ice Cube has this great thing where he keeps saying, now what? Now what? Okay, Joe Biden's elected. Now what? What? So that's the question. Now what? He's well, yeah, now what? I mean, said, we don't even know when he's going to get in office. You know yeah, what I mean? But he's that's basically, the craziest part of it right now. Yeah, and he, but he's basically promised nothing. So he's promised to undo Trump. Yeah, he says he's going to try to do some sort of healthcare, but nobody knows what. You yeah, know, public option, he... which is great. Great, for sure. But sure, that'd be, that would help if it happens. Yes, Who knows? but also a dream situation for stasis in D.C. is a Republican Senate and a Democratic president. So there's, oh, there, is a, yeah. there is a part of me that thinks potentially it's the perfect setup for Joe Biden's moderate you know, uh, temperament because it means he has a scapegoat. Definitely. If that happens, they get, uh, I can, I think the number one thing for, I caught his, um, his press conference yesterday and they asked him what would be first. And he goes, well, I would love for Congress to act now on some sort of economic relief COVID yeah. related, but it sounds like they're not going to. So that's going to be first, which again, sucks that it's going to be till, cause I remember seeing people tweeting going, February. Oh, Biden, where's my money? And it's like, dude, February. you're not going to get it. February. And they could have yeah. passed. They could have tried to pass something. 
I know it's going to be February before much needed economic relief is done. And even then the Senate is the, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's fucked, man. It's fucked. It, I'm trying to be optimistic, still hoping that. Sorry. I'm hurting. No, no, that. I know. Don't, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, nobody can ruin my own optimism, but it's, I always thought it would have been cool if back in 2016, I thought this was a, be a thing. I'm like, Bernie could win the nomination. Maybe he'll have Warren as his VP and he'll tell people I'm only going to run for one term. Cause I always thought the reason so many presidents have such a like shitty first, not even a shitty first term, but a first term in which they capitulate so much is because they don't want to ruffle too many feathers because they want that second term. Yeah. You know, cause they're so worried about reelection. Now Biden should not be worried about reelection. I know he yeah. still rides his bike, but there's no way he could go through another set of primaries and he will be challenged in the primaries in 2024 Oh, regardless because yeah. i think the aoc wing of the democratic party is just yes. going to be like as they should as, as they, they should do. unless he does all the shit that he they um, the, the democrats should nominate or not the democrats but katie porter should fucking run katie porter is fucking awesome and she should fucking run uh and then you know you i mean just, so you're a sports guy, which means you're looking for, I, I, I noticed this, all my friends who are really into sports when it comes to politics, they're thinking about the off season. <laughs> they yeah. come right to, oh, yeah. you know who we should get? Here's oh, who we should sign. Dude, the off season started. Absolutely. I mean, it's like you're a GM of your own uh, personal political world and you're like, look, I'm always open for a trade. Yes. The phone's you know always who I was into or I looked up during, um, cause they kept going to Pennsylvania, the Lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Oh, that guy. It's John Fetterman. He's like six foot nine. And when he was giving his speeches, there was a picture behind him. And I'm like, is that his wife? His wife is a smoke show. He's six, nine. Everything about him seems like great appeal. Weird kind of of satanic goatee. Yeah. Kind of look like a Klingon. He he looks, you know, looks like uh, the bad guys in Superman three or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you're talking about Zod's boy. Yeah. Neil before Zod. Yeah, man, for sure. He's got I, a Zod I, I would Zod. like, I wouldn't throw him out there. A little him and Abrams on the same, on the same ticket. I don't know. Or Katie I'll Porter. Tell you what, I bet you if Zod ran in the next election, he would poll above 15%. Definitely. Definitely. Doesn't it feel like there's a good section of our population that would support the bad guys in every X-Men movie? Yes. hundred percent. Like, it's just hundred percent. Just to troll. It, there we is, now, we like troll. don't even care anymore. We don't care anymore. No, Trump's the troll president. I've talked about that with, and it's just, you know, you mentioned Bush. Bush was way worse impact on our country with the Patriot Act, with the damage with foreign policy. Yeah. But Trump represents such an ugly side of our culture where I would like, I want to almost say there's still karma in the world where it's, Hey, act like a cunt. And that's what happens. You don't get a second term, you know? I almost feel like if Trump didn't talk at all, he would have won a second term easy. Well, the truth is we will get, a if if unless joe biden does some really transformative stuff that helps people you will get policies of trump without the twitter and then what yeah that's that's pretty ugly if that's the case i just wish the uh the the left or the democrats whatever people want to call them um because i know there's a distinction these days uh i wish they could just convey their message better i remember hearing some people being like i don't want uh, what Bernie wants, because what if I want to open up my own business one day? I'm like, who says you can't? I think, I think they need to understand that. Hey, we, we just believe that sick people should have health care coverage. But if you want to open up your own business, go for it. 
Okay. No one's stopping yeah. you there. We just believe you should pay your fair share to help this, your fellow people. And, well, and that's, you know, just, just explain keep, yourself. Keep better. in mind that the democratic party also misinforms Bernie's message intentionally. Yes, I they truly do. believe that the democratic party would rather Trump than Bernie. And you know, and that's, that's sad right there. Of. Well, they're right there. I think that says, and I truly believe that. I think that they they would rather have an enemy like Trump than a people's ally like like Bernie or you know like Elizabeth Warren in 2016, not not the past couple of years or you know they 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 cannot have that. They cannot have someone you know do that. I mean, what you would need is you would need Bernie to be Trump to plow through with his message because Trump was promising the same people who Bernie's message resonated with. He was just making it up and then had no intention of doing it. Oh, yeah. Saying I'm going to help the working class person. Yeah. And then that's where the Democrats are all mixed up because you hear the Hollywood elite type people, people we know who live in like, you know, Silver Lake in L.A. basically saying stuff like, yeah, it's about the working class where I'm like the working. Do you even know someone who owns a hammer? Like yeah. you don't come off as someone who should speak for the working class ever. And, uh, and Trump, for some reason, they believed he was a guy that was just like them, even though he was Trump outsider. does not drink. No, but he hated the, he hated the government and that's yeah. what, and, and that's something that I think we all have in common, but working class people have seen, you know, uh, just enormous. I mean, truly, uh, if you're old enough, you can think back to Bill Clinton. That is a Democrat passing a right wing policy, you know, and, um, and, you know, it just it went on and on. I mean, the the thread pulling that it start really started in my lifetime under Reagan when he was so anti-union. And then it went to to George Bush, who was, you know, just completely in a bubble, didn't know what a checkout looked like at the grocery store to Clinton, who was passing right wing policies with the charm of this outside left winger. It, that was really when the parties just kind of both coalesced and became this one super the it the corporate coup is has already taken over so the idea that we mince words over who's going to be the face of it is a little bit arbitrary it feels yeah i remember reading clinton's book called putting people first it, it was like a book that keep you know a lot of these candidates were released and by the way to be running. clear it was putting p-u-d-d-i-n-g not a people that's yeah, when he, pudding. yeah, he was about how he was going to take care of fellow pudding eaters when he, in his economy. I do miss the old uh, SNL where Daryl Hammond and uh, before him Phil Hartman. It was just him jogging and then stopping at uh, McDonald's, eating. All right, eating. Yeah. always eating. All right. All right, yeah, yeah. That Clinton though, man. I remember being a big fan of his as a kid because Same. I was a kid. Yeah. And later in life, like, you realize like uh, a lot of that shit was the, the notion of being I think they were so adamant about because they got their ass kicked. The Democrats didn't have the presidency for 12 years. So they were like, clearly the country's moved to the right. We have to move to the middle. And then there was some left wing stuff that he did push through early on. Like there was some family care stuff. And mm -hmm. like, you know, because at the time we didn't even have that's a that's something that still blows my mind as a father of two. America has pretty much zero. I mean, what, what is it like eight weeks? I think the state California was good for um, like maternity leave. I think yeah. California is 12 weeks where Illinois is eight weeks. And that's just insane. Where no. you go to any other country and it's like paid? a year. Oh, yeah. I don't even think it's eight weeks paid. I don't think we have any guaranteed yeah, it's, it's not, paid. It's not anything. paid. And my, my cousin in England 
Uh, yeah, six months paid. Amazing. Which yeah. is like, I got to be a good thing for a family, for kids, for raising your kids. Well, what what matters? Yeah, exactly. What matter? What do you want? I mean, this is the whole point of like trying to take care of young kids and give teachers salaries and make schools good is because we don't want to live around fucking dumb psychopaths. It's selfish. So yeah. much of this stuff could just be framed so easily as selfish. Like, I don't want I don't want this country to be full of dumb fucks. So let's educate these children. Why don't we just but, say that we need, you're right. You need like a Trump version, but a, a, someone on the left to be like that. Yeah. They could just come out and straight up say, Hey, pro-lifers, you're so fucking pro-life. How about we get stronger maternity leave? Maybe if mothers weren't faced to this horrible decision that and is, maybe that, they will be less, let's reduce the number. That would be a 85 to 90%. Again, it's, it's fine. That's, and it was proven in this last election. It was the Democrats are the Democrats who won are the Democrats who did not try to come across as conservative. They won because they weren't giving a different same message. I saw that, that chart. Yeah, there was a yeah. chart where it showed Democrats that support Medicare for all and if they won. Yeah. To be fair, though, I was curious. I looked up a few of those races. There was one woman in Wisconsin who didn't support Medicare for all and she lost. She had won her seat in 2018 by like the slimmest of margin. And that seat the previous 40 years was a Republican one. But still, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, the most yeah. of them, the most well, of the people even, who did lose even, were pretending. Doug Jones said as much after he lost. He was like, my, my problem was that I was pitching this conservative brand. Yeah. You know, no, you have the conservative honest. party. Why is the why are the Democrats another right party? You have I two agree. right parties. And the only reason why people are in love with the Republicans are because they think that they have some connection to the party of uh, religion. And the only reason why people love the Democrats is because that party makes them uncomfortable. And those two can keep getting rich off of the fat of each other just forever if we let them. I know, dude. It's really what it comes down to because like we mentioned before, is it even like a left-wing issue if 70 to 80% of the country wants something? Popular. It seems, sounds like by definition, that'd be a moderate issue. And it that's not be, to say anything popular a, isn't left-wing. It's amazing to see that Joe Biden can't say legalize pot. He can't. Oh, that pisses me off, which he is like, again, 90% of people. He can't say away. it. He can't say it. He just, it's just too old, right? That's a generational thing It's or Pfizer. It's because he's bought by medication companies. He, what do you think about Pfizer's, uh, they announced that they got a... Which What's I'm happy word? about, yeah, yeah a vaccine in the works. But but still, like you know, he is, yes, he he can't say it for the wrong reason. It's not because he has this core system. I mean, again, even if you did, these are fucking politicians. Their whole thing is to just say what's popular. You know, their sales, we're the wind, and um, and Joe Biden is not able to say it. He can't say it. You're Crush right, man. Issues crush issues that crush they crush that i wish they would just focus on that a little bit but it's just not because like i was saying it's of 75 or percent want universal health care but then that same maybe 50 50 of that 75 percent they hear defund the police and they go fuck you you know what i mean that's the problem yeah. i wish we had everything on the ballot so you could vote that way because then we'd be a true yeah. democracy which we're not we're a constitutional republic and we're we, also and we're, we're also we really are run by short form points, Twitter, Instagram, 
you know, it's it's the same dumb shit. It's the same reason why I hate Ted Cruz is the same reason why I hate when people show Kamala Harris getting off a plane and they're talking about how she's wearing Timberlands. Like that's something like I hate it all. It's, who gives it's, a fuck. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Who's smart? Who's the fucking smart person? I don't know if we have any smart people. That's the yeah. problem. That's like, uh, I mean, I still, there's still a lot I like about America, but dude, every now and then I'm like, Hmm, what's going on over here? What's going on in this country? This, this country was founded upon telling a government to stick its fucking thumb up its own ass. The idea that we don't have the balls to do that to this government. That was basically, this was fat. This whole fucking country exists because we were like, fuck this system. Yeah. So we have every right to say in this country, this system no longer fucking works for us. And That's the point. I mean, Jefferson even said, there's a great book called uh, Inventing a Nation by Gore Vidal. And it talks about yeah. Washington, Adams, and Jefferson in particular. Jefferson said there should be a constitutional convention every 20 years because what's good for America today might not be good for America 20 years from now. Yeah. If, yeah. if if they were alive and obviously we'd be like, you guys are racist as fuck. But if they were alive, the first thing they would say would be like, you guys barely changed anything. They would have yes, expected a hundred amendments by now, not 27. Also, how about this? Do we have to, like, if I met my grand, great, 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 great grandfather, I'm a hundred percent that there'd be a lot of stuff that I'd be like, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. Like these dudes were <laughs> slave holding rapists. I mean, yes, there was a lot of good that, I mean, this country was founded upon the intention of good. The way it got there was by a genocide and the way that it sustained itself was by slavery. So I think we can look back and say, ah, maybe these guys were off on some stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think we have the buffer to be able to say that. Joe, I'm going to piss my pants. Okay, I'm so sorry, buddy. Um, okay. You got you, you to wrap it up, buddy. Uh, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to ask. I love talk. I could talk to you for an hour, another hour. I was going to ask if you want to play "Fuck Mary Kill," but we could save that for another time. We can do it. I'll do it. I'll hold it. I'll put a can rubber hold band. It? Hand All right. Here's what it is. I got yours actually pre-selected because I know you were hurrying. I put what I do is everyone. I have a big bin of DVDs, Gareth, and okay. I pick out the DVDs, and then based on the actors who are in those movies. Cause I cleared out my DVDs recently. Cause I'm like, why do I have these on a shelf yeah. anymore? You know, who watch yeah. DVDs and I yeah. pick out the oh, actors. Exactly. I pick out the actors and that's who your choices are. So the okay. movies I picked for you, one is in Bruges. Have you seen it? Oh, love that movie. Yeah. Good movie. The other is Charlie Wilson's war. Have you seen that one? No, pretty good. Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then the third one was the big short. Oh, so, love interesting enough. Yeah. You got two political movies. Uh, coincidentally, now what I do with a movie that has a bunch of so you got dudes, you're gonna bang a couple dudes on this one. I'm gonna That's give you okay. Julia Roberts because she's the only clear woman on the cover. Okay. Then I'm gonna give you Colin Farrell because we're gonna go handsome with it, uh -huh. and then we're gonna go with uh Christian Bale. So, of those three, which one would you bang, marry, or kill? And it's not random. That's why I don't marry Julia Roberts. I, when I was a kid, literally was in love with Julia Roberts as much as uh, a boy could be. So I'd marry Julia Roberts. That's a childhood fantasy. Me too. Um, I guess I would kill Colin Farrell, but only because Christian Bale's on the market. That's the I I saw Colin Farrell in a couple of yoga classes. Very impressed with the body. Um, him with mine. I'm saying just to be clear. No, yeah. he's in very good shape. Uh, so he's yes, but Christian Bale just a little 
a, a little more my style, I guess. American Psycho Christian Bale. Come on. Who doesn't want to get fucked with that chainsaw? That's pretty good. I mean, I, if you're going to kill Colin Farrell, if you're saying he's got a good body, that almost makes it like a challenge. You want, you'd want you feel bad if you were killing a tubby guy like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's already dead. But Yeah, I would. he's an easy pick for the kill list because... See, I think I would have to... I'm having, I'm, I'm going to bang Julia Roberts. Okay. I'm going to marry Colin Farrell because you don't have to have sex in marriage. You don't have to have sex in marriage. No. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'm just hanging out with a fun Irish dude. Sure. Okay. Rest of my life. Yeah. That sounds com- that guaranteed that there would be a relapse on Colin's part. That's for sure. For sure. Right. I'll, yeah. he's got the money to deal with. He'll go to rehab and I got the place all to myself. Again. We'll go to That's yoga. Nice. Yeah. All right. I see. You got a long-term strategy and then, and then you're going to. Yeah. I don't want to kill Batman, but I feel like that'd be like a, I could, as I'm choking him out, I go, no, I'm Batman. Yeah. You can spin that. You can definitely. Julie Roberts, dude. I, I want to have sex with her because I watched, I figured out I was straight when I was like seven years old. Cause I saw pretty woman. Pretty I'm woman. Like, oh, I'm straight. Pretty woman is a movie. I still could probably, if you put on, I'd probably be able to nail like 60% of the lines with two viewings. I'd get that number up to 90%. Richard gear, evil venture capitalist in it. All right, Gareth Reynolds, you were the shit. Go take your piss, buddy. I love, I love you, you Joe. We'll talk soon, my man. All right. A pleasure. I love you, buddy. Go right, Packers. Sorry about oh, your you. Oh, you bastard. Bye. Bye.